you are now about to witness the awesome crushing a might of the UGS of Robinson show baby sleeping Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never, ever, possibly ever ends. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson, and this is show a one, a five, a six, the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about today. But first, we're going to talk about the attitude of gratitude and then perspiration of inspiration and then subtraction fraction action. If any of that made sense to you, it's because you have a psychological disorder called clanging. You rhyme the ends of all your words. But yeah, definitely the persistent stink of failure as well as a few other things. But first, Bob Riley is going to sing us in as he has since 2007. Stigmata. The record is called The Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. Listen well. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Of being payback and for always nothing. All right, all right. Glad you could make it. Glad I could make it. Glad we both lived through it all. In other words, the intervening seven days between this last week's show and this week's show, just got back from a walk had to set some fear of God into a guy, you know, it, uh, Kash has been taking the kid out. They walk to a park. They, you know, like, like to spend the days. I'm sitting up here in the same chair working every day. They don't need to be sitting watching me work. They like to go out. They like to go, you know, they're going to go to the park. And, and she said, you know, there's a guy, you don't remember him. We went out walking one time and he was just getting mad dogging us. I said, "Ah, I didn't see him. And she goes, yeah, he was staring at us like he wanted to kill us. And I go, I, I definitely would have noticed that. I didn't see. She goes, yeah, well, he was. And I go, huh. And she said, look, you know, if, if I don't come back from one of these walks, I should let you know that, I, you know, when I leave to go to the park, I, I walk by the guy's house. And the vibe has gotten weirder and weirder. And it's finally like my spider sense is telling me that, like, like I should do so. I should, I should at least mention it so you know where to start looking. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa a long time things go downhill that fast that's you need to be keeping me abreast of these things much sooner than that so i said which way is that and she's kind of trying to indicate the house we can't reach it so we go out now and i said is it this house this blue house no she's not this one it's the one next to it i said well there's a lot of kid stuff in the front yard the guy have a kid she goes actually it's not this one i think it's the one across the street i go oh okay all right this is like the, the old alfred hitchcock where the guy's wife gets raped and then they uh, and then they uh, they go out and they she to look for the guy who did the raping and he kills this guy takes a wrench out of his car kills him in the lobby says I took care of it honey and they're driving away from it and uh, and then she goes well there he is and there's the other one and, and there's the other one so he's just killed the wrong guy right um, so she goes well it's this house I go this house is is largely abandoned this is used as a storage locker she goes uh, I, I, I don't know. And so then we're walking like maybe four houses past it. And there's a, uh, you know, some cats working on a car outside. Like one guy is like laying down 
and on his back in the trunk, like he's doing the speakers. And there's an older woman standing there, and there's a guy underneath the car, and there's a guy sitting in in the passenger seat, like got some wires. And uh, and so I'm looking at the guy, and I don't know who it is. I'm just looking at somebody who's looking at me. But you know, I'm a New Yorker, right? So I'm giving the guy, you give me a hard look, you get the hard look back. And eventually we just kind of stop and I'm staring until he breaks and, and looks somewhere else. And then she says, that's him. I go, you mean the cat in the passenger seat with the tattoos on his face? And she goes, yeah. I said, that was a pretty defining characteristic, the tattoos on the face. You should mention that first out. I could find him very easily. You know, she goes, well, no, that's him. I said, well, good. So now he got to see me, see him. And he got to see see us together. Now, I remember this old saying in the Bible. It said, uh, uh, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. I also remember the line from The Godfather. It said, uh, I'm a superstitious man. If anything should happen to my remaining sons, I would have to blame somebody in this room. And then I will not be so friendly. You know, something could happen to her. And I don't know it's that guy, but that guy's going to pay. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, I just wanted to give you some kind of set and setting as to how we got here in time and uh, rushed back, wanted to do the show, got the show, got everything set up, got the cable in so we don't have any really early stage glitches like we had been having with YouTube. Commercials, Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014. Some of you have been throwing some stuff over the transom. It's really nice. Johnny G got us this nice fancy light, which accounts for why the old soft box I had that was crappy, which accounts for why you can actually see me now. I've been using it on If the Shoes Fit. It works It works great. I even use it on uh, Care Don't Care, but that's just an audio show, so it doesn't make a difference. Um, so that's cool. If you want to donate money, that's the place to do it. Patreon.com slash The Stomper is a place you can go if you just, it's easy, you just whatever the Patreon world is. If you need Venmo or Cash App or any of those other things, let know and I can help. But uh, 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 some of you have been, it doesn't have to be much. Somebody sent five bucks in. It's like, ah, and start to apologize about the five bucks. I go, don't apologize. No, no, this is the $5 I didn't have before. And at some point I'm going to get a, a, a new laptop. The only reason I'm actually holding on to this one as long as it is with the duct tape on it, is because it's got a, a disk drive in it, and, and I'm still imagining that I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all these discs that the Screen Actors Guild is sending me to watch because I got a vote on the Screen Actors Guild awards, like all these TV shows that they've been showing. That well, Ted Lasso is one. Yeah, this is what they send me. I'm supposed to watch this stuff to to vote on it for your consideration. I guess you can't read that, but Ted Lasso, and then. Jared Leto, 10 Little Things, and uh, and Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm actually looking forward to to having played having played a Black Panther on a on a ABC TV movie years ago. I'm actually looking forward to that. So that's the only reason I hold on to it. But anyway, every little bit helps. That's my point. So into the show. So if you've been if you've been if you subscribe to the newsletter which may be like the SSD song used to say, how much art can you take? How much Eugene can you take? You may not do it. You may not get it. But if you do get it, eugenesrobson.substack.com. Today, um, today I do a piece on uh, the Gang of Four, the band. Not necessarily that you know the band or not that you like the band or anything, but I'm giving you a little kind of set and setting. So um, I've been doing music since 1980. And in that time, during interviews where people have asked me questions about your influences, I, I have answered everything from Ray Charles to James Brown to Little Richard to the uh, the birthday party to, you know, just bands that I like, right? And it dawned on me only today that I have never, ever mentioned the Gang of Four. And that's because I understood inspiration in a fundamentally flawed way. Right. So when I when I always understood that question, and I think I understood it correctly, um, to mean what did you listen to that would frame the way somebody who's never listened to your music can come to understand your music? 
right? So if you, you know, if you listen to a band like, say, Interpol, you say, well, I listen to a lot of Joy Division, clearly, right? Stevie Ray Vaughan, okay, Stevie Ray Vaughan, big, uh, big uh, 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 Hendrix fan, clearly. So that's what I thought. That what I'm what I'm asking to when I'm asked that question, what they're asking me to provide is a stepping stone on how you get from A to to B. That's how I understood it. And then after after we've been doing music for about ten or fifteen years, and the question would come across like, you know, who's inspired you? And we at this point now we're 10, 15 years in. The inspiration, you know, it's like that friend of mine who played with Chuck Berry, and he's like all panicked over the set list, and Chuck he's just standing there on stage waiting for Chuck Berry to show. Chuck Berry shows up, he says, "Hey Chuck, what what are we playing? What's on the set?" And Chuck Berry just looks at him, plugs in his guitar, and it's like, "Chuck Berry songs, you know, figure that shit out." You knew you were playing with Chuck Berry. Don't ask me about the set list. If you know it well enough, you'll know when I started. So, you know, so I'm being asked this question and I just, again and again. And then, like I say, if you read the newsletter, um, if you read the, I get an email. Not only do I get an email, I get an email from Beggar's Banquet. And, and I, I get the woman's name. I don't know if she wants her name blasted out in the show. Let's just call her Sonia. And she's writing, and she says, "You know, do you like do you like the uh, um, you like Gang of Four? I go, "Yeah, I, I love Gang of Four. And she goes, "Would you like to write something about them for us? You know, we'll pay you." I go, "Yeah, yeah." I didn't even really outside of Gang of Four and pay. I'm like, I'm I'm in, I'm in. I didn't even know for my writing of it. I didn't even know whether I was writing the intro to a book. I didn't know whether I was writing liner notes for a box set, which is what they have coming out." I didn't know what I was writing. Turns out I was writing a press release. So, oh my God, they actually pay people to write press releases? All right. Andy Gill, uh, the rest of the band believes largely he was one of the first people to die from COVID because he had played a bunch of shows. Uh, he was playing shows in China right, with uh, the Gang of One, uh, which, which they were pretty bitter about. Um, <laughs> even a tour as Gang of Four, a tour with us. But uh, we'll get into that in a bit. So. So Sonia is like, yeah, you know, Gang of Four. I was like, yeah, I'll write it, whatever. Just tell me. She goes, well, you, you know, you have to interview the guys. I'm like, oh. And you never know when you're going to have like a fanboy moment, right? You just never, like when I went, there was a Night of the Champions, an early IFBB show, International Federation of Bodybuilders. And they had this special event, meet the, meet, meet the pros at the hotel the night before, media. Some, I was 15 years old. And I was like, yeah, I was a jaded New York kid. I was like, yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen Woody Allen on the street. I've seen all the Tony Roberts. I've seen all these kids. Rod Stewart. I'd cross the street to avoid Rod Stewart. I'm a jaded. I need that better than that. I go to the hotel. I meet the, I'm flipping out. 15 years old, flipping out. I still got my magazine with all the interview, the, uh, uh, the autographs from like Robbie Robinson and so on. Craziness. I couldn't, couldn't expect it. Went to Marfa, Texas. Took the wife with me to Marfa, Texas. We're doing some media event there thing and uh, say, hey, Kasha, did you meet uh, John Waters, the director? And she's like, <laughs> and she goes, what, I go, what's the matter with you? She's like, John Waters, you, you, can't, you can't account for the way you're going to flip out, right? So she, she says, okay, well, the first one you want to interview, you want to interview Hugo. And so, and I interviewed Hugo. Now, keep in mind, I saw these guys in 79. And what I realized is that it, it changed my life, but not in any way that would ever have me answer that question, who were you inspired by? Because there's no stepping stone from Gang of Four to Oxbow. No oral, no audio, no sonic, no literary, nothing. So I never even thought to mention it. But what I saw when I saw that first show was what is that line from Bukowski? A way of doing and a way of being done. You know, and it, it was how during the course of that show they unraveled, right? And it's like that old, I don't know if you remember the old uh, uh, Little Rascals where the kid has got an artichoke, like Spanky's got the artichoke and he's peeling the artichoke and. <laughs> 
and he gets to the center and there's nothing there. He, throw, he actually throws out the artichoke heart, you know, the best part he throws it out. And he keeps peeling these artichokes and there's nothing there. Now this unraveling with the gang of four, they just peeling, just peeling. But at the end of the show, instead of nothing being there, it was like this raw beating heart of the band. And, and I said, that systematic undressing kind of framed how I understood where I really wanted to have my music kind of go, be, and do. But I forgot because I want to listen to the first two records, two, two or three, like entertainment, like the, the, the yellow one, Armalite Rifle. And, and I, I, I didn't listen beyond that. And they had others and they broke up soon after. So I interview Hugo. He's now in uh, one of you guys from Worcester is giving me a hard time uh, uh, about not pronouncing the name of the title of mentioned. Whatever. It's not important where he is. He's in outside of Boston. He's an academic. Greg, he's the one who worked at a record label, ended up producing Red Hot Chili Peppers, among others. You know how hard it was for me to bite my tongue during that part of the interview? Oh, yeah, Borgia Moy, that was tough. Then I interviewed the, uh, uh, Dave Allen, all right? And Dave is the one that they had the biggest gripe with because he actually became a music tech guy at Apple and and, and, and so on, right? So um, file sharing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, quiet, soft-spoken guy, the first one to quit the band um, and gave me some insight into the circumstance under which he quit the band. Last one was John King, who I was most inspired by as a singer to singer, you know, Millie Jackson, woman to woman, <laughs> singer to singer. And so I, I interview him. He's in London and I misunderstood. I thought that he was doing TV stuff now to make his, and I'm still not clear on what it is that he, he does. And he, he, you know, he's still, these guys, he got some spice to him. I still liked, he was talking about, you know, about our, our you know, you go to, a place to get coffee and they insist on knowing your name and and they won't give you the coffee like unless they know your name like all this kind of false intimacy he goes he hates it he despises it but um then i asked him to do a column for me for ozzy and then they never happened and i said you know you got to be very careful when you meet these people that you like you know your your so-called idols i never counted them as inspirations but i did find them hugely inspirational because i misunderstood how people thought about inspiration but i said i don't want to get too close to these guys because i don't want to ruin it you know now so i wrote the press i found out it was a press release get paid they published it i asked them two days ago could i republish it because i started to think about inspiration So I would never have counted them as inspiration. And yet they were hugely inspirational. You don't hear any Gang of Four when you listen to Oxbow. You don't see any Gang of Four or make any connection to Gang of Four when you see Oxbow play. But it was clearly, I mean, I'd already seen plenty of bands at that point. It wasn't like, oh, well, this was your first band. This was your first screw. No, this was like, this was something. Right? I mean, I would venture to guess that it changed my life. Now, people are saying, trying to raise the specter of this internet-fueled, never-ending drumbeat of a culture war, they're trying to say, hey, how come you are, how come you, the generalized you, are so much more upset with, uh, uh, I can't even remember this cat's name now, Edwards, what's his name? What's his first name? Luke Edwards? <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking on this. The British guy who fought last night. What's his first name? Quick, somebody help me out. Help me out through my senior moment. And there's a reason I don't remember the guy's first name. Anyway, it'll come to me. Or one of you will. Leon Edwards. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, people saying them somewhere out there trying to raise this kind of uh, hypothetical why are you so much, so much more upset with Leon Edwards for his accidental iPod? How so much more upset with him than you are with Petra Jan? And it's like, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. You can't come in on that one because there's a reason why. And I'm going to lay it out right now. And it has everything to do with inspiration. So I'm following this story. 
I'm following this 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 Leon Edwards story the whole week about oh, wish me luck, Shamus. I got a raw deal. Like how you know fate and circumstances worked against him, and he's he's you know he's gotten screwed. This and he's he he is God's God's unjust. Like, I mean, he's just been you know. He zagged when he should have zigged. He zigged when he should have zagged. Nothing ever worked out for him. And finally, finally, the guy, the guy is risen through all, you know, fought his way, his valiant rise to the top, and he beats it all. And he's at the mount. And you know, maybe pay per view won't be big on this. There's no pay per view on this. Maybe the viewership. May it doesn't. It doesn't make a difference. He got himself a card. He got himself. He he is he is he has done what few have ever done. He is headlining his own own fight in Las Vegas. And previously to that, the only way he was making headlines was for getting pieced up by by uh, George Masvidal backstage at some fight when nobody knew his name. This was a chance for his to burnish a brand. To, to this was a this was this was it all it all a classic it all. And the drum beat of this is going the whole week, the whole week. Okay, okay. Why are people being harder on him than they're being on, on Petra? Well, you know what they say about what people who study the brains have said. Um, um, they, they say that when you are watching somebody do something, uh, um, and they're fucking it up, that your brain is processing it as though you were the one making the mistake. That's why it takes a special kind of patience to actually be a coach or a teacher when you're instructing people on things they don't know how to do and that you do know how to do. And so your frustration mounts in an uncomfortable way. We like sports because this is, this, this is, this is modern Greek theater for us. So, you know, that the guy, the unsung guy, the uh, uh, Cain, so to speak, not Velasquez, but from the Bible, which I did this piece for Chris Reini, uh, or Reini, however he does it, you know, um, about comparing DC and Johnny Boney Joni as Cain and Abel. You figure out which is which. I can't wait for him to publish this thing. It's, it's actually a, a piece of writing that I'm more happy about than anything. I hope that you'll stick with it and read it through to the end. It's not that long. I don't know how he's going to illustrate it or what he's going to do, but it's I, I don't. It's an, an analysis that I haven't seen made. So, so we 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 were set up to pull for this guy. We we're set up to pull for the whole week of being set up to pull for this guy. This guy being Leon Edwards, heretofore only known for getting pieced up backstage by George Masvidal. I'm gonna keep saying that. They gave him everything. They put a bunch of British fighters on the card, Dynamite Davy Grant. They put a bunch of, you know, laid it out for the guy. Laid it out for the guy. Laid it out for the guy. Now keep in mind the difference is Petrion has had a steady record of a routine and steady record of accomplishment. The narrative. You know, the narrative, like in Clockwork Orange, when Alex talks about the real sad, weepy portion of our tale for Petrion, if if they spin that all in the video package, it's right at the beginning of his career. They always say, you know, because the narrative, if you come from Russia, is the guy could be, he could live in a mansion in Russia. We don't know. But how they try to spin it is like, oh, you know, the hard scrabble, whatever. He, he Hard scrabble beginning, steady record of accomplishment up. Petrion story in a nutshell. So it's like we identify, like like with the Greek theater, these characters represent certain things to us. And we've all been that Leon Edwards guy, you know? We've all been that, or, or the other guy. And I don't mean the other guy in terms of Bilal Muhammad. I just mean, I remember once trying to bug in somebody. Hey, you want to go see a movie? You want to go see a movie? You know, well, you want to go see... Nobody wants to see the movie. I said, well, one guy's like, what movie you want to see? I said, I want to see his movie Beat Street. It's about hip hop and graffiti in New York. And no, I lived in a house called Alpha Drugs. 
uh, where they play Grateful Dead music 24 hours a day, uh, you know. Um, um, nobody wants to go. So I go to the theater by myself. It's in Mountain View. What I didn't know is that the theater was in a mall that was known as a singles mall because it was one of those big singles clubs. This is before the internet, okay? So I, I didn't know that, but I'm enjoying the movie and I always watch the credits. So I'm always often the last guy in the theater. So I'm sitting there watching the movie and the credits roll. I got kind of choked up because I was, you know, I said periodically we'd go through New York, nostalgia, I'll get a little homesick. And I hear a voice behind me say, did you like the movie? I tell her, oh, shit. Some woman who hadn't been sitting there before was in the row right behind me, leaning over, whispering into my ear. I go, oh, yeah, it's a great movie. She goes, hey, do you want to get some coffee or tea or something? I, I go, sure. Well, the story has a predictable end, but a bing, but a bang. But he's like, where are you going? So you thought you went to the movies. I go, I did go to the movies. So what happened when you went? That's what I'm telling you. You guys should have come with me. They said, well, you realize if we had come with you, you probably wouldn't have got. So yeah, I do realize that. Take the opportunity when the opportunity is presented. So sometimes you're that guy. You take it. It works out. Edwards, whole week, not only the whole week, months, struggling through this COVID thing, months Game competitor, not even like, you know, a lame-ass gimme. Game guy on the upcome of Bilal, remember my name, Muhammad. The most important person in the cage to him, that, that, the most important person, the most significant person in, in, in Leon Edwards' life. And let's bounce back. Let's before I even get to bringing the hammer down on this one. Let's step back a bit. Let's go to Eric and um, 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 Eric Anders. Eric Anders, who is told? No, no, he wasn't told. Sorry, I'm confusing. Eric Anders, who is getting pasted, fights back, starts winning. Maybe strong possibility of putting a guy away, knees him. Knees him. So how does this happen? I don't know if you remember, I mentioned this on Care, Don't Care, Kids in the Hall, that comedy troupe, and one of the guys, dark, dark-haired guy, curly-haired guy, is sitting at a business meeting. It's like a business meeting at a hotel, so they clearly had a meal, and uh, somebody's talking about you know market projections, and he's sitting at the table, and he's having this kind of hysteria patio moment where he's just kind of, yeah, he's kind of listening to the boss, but at the same time, he's, he's, um, um, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. That's like your opinion, dude. Um, and he's staring at, he's staring at the, uh, he's staring at the salt shaker. And he's going, don't put sand in your eyes. 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 And he then suddenly throws sand in his eyes. He gets overcome by his passion. And listen, if the appetizers are great, if the if the main course is still a sh- smells like, smells and tastes like a shit sandwich, I'm off because I didn't show up for the appetizers. Appetizers are nice extras. There were a couple of, of don't cares that became cares on this card. Those were extras. The main meal was shit, so he needs them. And, and I say, well, how does this happen? It happens like the, the, the kids in the hall thing happened, where now this thing Petrion did has gotten in people's heads. And in the heat of the moment, when they're called upon to analyze, wait, it's like, hold on, wait, 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 which is it? Throw salt in the eyes? Don't throw salt. Which, throw, salt? No salt. So salt? I can't. Yeah, they throw salt in the eyes. All right? So he Anders goes like I, I so I, I had three cares on this card. Rothwell dropped out because of COVID, so leaving me with two cares on the card. Angie Overkill uh, uh, Hill was my one, and she beat somebody who shouldn't have even been in there. And then uh, um, I picked Edwards over over uh, over Blow, and he was on his way to beating. 
I mean, there would seem to be no question. You see, um, yeah. <laughs> um, there seemed to be no question that he was going to win that fight. Loneliness of the long distance runner style, great Brit film, so therefore appropriate in this instance at the last second when the kid, the Scrabble kid, the tough, the hard kid from kid from the hard scrabble background wins a race against the, the 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 posh kid school, and rather than as he gets to the finish line, everybody's cheering on him right before he gets to the finish line. He just turns and it runs off in the field. Sorry, spoiler alert, to not purposely not win the race. I don't win for you. I win for me. Or some kind of garbage claim like that. We call it snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. He gets warned by, by Herbus Dinas, Mr. Sexy and Sophisticated himself, warns him about the fingers. And if you think I watched it, the actual poke, when I heard that high-pitched keening, I did not. In the replay, I did not. His Instagram where he's showing his damaged eye, don't need to see it. You know I've got that superstitious theory about if you watch an injury, you'll get an injury. I'm not going to watch it. Don't want to get it. I heard all I need to hear when he went down. This is this is the thing that they don't realize. They don't. They don't. When they teach you these like these self defense courses for women, and they talk. About, the only woman I know who has ever followed that advice has actually been my wife, where she blinded these two guys um, who tried to tried to rape her one night in Poland. Which she wrote about wrote about for Ozzy. But most people can't attack the eyes. And even if they do attack one eye, once that high pit keening starts screaming starts, it's like all you, you know, even though this person maybe was trying to kill you, you just can't, you know. It's it's tough. So Bilal realizes what's at stake is game, but when you're dealing with that kind of high level 97% effective kind of fight, you, you can't, you can't, you can't get, you can't, you just can't, you can't. This is not, this wasn't like a team February, February maneuver. If you've ever had your eyes so badly that I've had my eyes sort of damaged. And at one point I, I, I couldn't open it. I couldn't open it. The, the eye was spasming the lid. So that's it. That's it. And what is what does this dumbass do? Edwards being the dumbass in question, and the post-fight presser, when they're asking about a rematch, he's like, I don't know you guys get a rematch. I want to fight for the title next. It's like, oh, 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 I see. I see. You are out single-handedly to destroy, you know, there's a great similarity between you and Curtis Blade somehow. It's like we actually like like if we had to listen to to Cain, not Velasquez, from the Bible. I don't understand, you know. I just keep in the game, and you know, my heart goes out to Cain, not Velasquez, from the Bible. My heart goes out to the guy, you know. Is trying to do this, and God is like, I, I I got you, but wish me luck, Shamus. I got a raw deal. Yeah. Your kind always does, sweetheart. The, the keys to his failure were writ large in his statement in the, at the post-fight press. How do you not know? How do you not know? How did you not know that you need to do that fight again? And not only that, it should be a fight that you want to do again because you're winning. What's going to happen? You get paid again? Try not to, to, to poke his eye out next time. You're not helping yourself. You had this moment to build a brand. What is your brand now? What, 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 what is your brand now? Like somebody said in, in the, uh, on the Twitter machine, they said, hey, uh, how often is it that you ever find yourself sitting around going, you know what I really oh man, I want to see I want to see Leon Edwards fight. Whine about that. 
Everybody's like, we got to run it back. You got to run it back. That was a, that was an easy, easy gimme. Just an easy, super easy gimme. So, yeah, you know, it was terrible. And he did apologize. He goes, I feel really terrible. With that. Oh, he said he felt terrible. That's different from saying I'm really sorry, but whatever. It was an accident. And, of course, we got to run it back. As soon as he's better and can see, we got to run it back. Get on the calendar. Get the fight booked. Get paid twice for the same fight. Don't poke an eye. Build your brand. You know where you are now, Mr. Edwards? You're in a place that's appreciably worse than you were before. How does that happen? How did you manage to do that? How, how, how did you manage to do that? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. So so maybe there were fights on this card. I didn't start watching until um, until the cat who, uh, the French-Canadian guy, what was his name? Um, um, he, he was, it was like 1-1. And then he gave himself a pep talk before going into the third. And he was like, uh, he was like, this is it. I want to be one of the best. And it was not like he was talking to his coach. It was not like he was trying to convince himself. He was just, it was a statement of raw fact. And he went out and yeah, those guys should, should have gotten performance of the night bonus. And I don't think they did. Nah, not, not Manal Cape. He got reamed. Um, he did. Bye crappy judging. So if there's anything that could make the rest of my 2021 better, op open scoring judging and changing the freaking gloves. Two simple things. Yeah, yeah, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. The reality of it is, you know why we don't have, why we, the, uh, Trevor Whitman invented uh, some gloves that greatly diminish eye pokes goes to the UFC to talk about it. UFC wanted the patents on them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Rosebud. I mean, so the deal fell apart when essentially Trevor Whitman refused to sign over his patents and his rights to these gloves. Don't use them if you don't want. But if you use them, I got to get paid. That's good business. Or how about I sell you the patents for what I would make for the appreciable life of my patent? No, we don't want to do that. These are just gloves. Okay. All right. All right. You just keep doing what you're doing then until you get how many? Bisbing? How many, how many more people have to lose their eyes? On the flip side, if you're a street fighter, you know, and you got the stomach for it, realize that... Uh, Realize that the, you, you want a quick win. The eyes are the way to go. I mean, the thing is, we, we talked about it on Care Don't Care, which happens at noon tomorrow. They'll kick it out live. We talked about it and said, look, out of the rules, out of the ones that the, the rules, what am I trying to say? The illegal move, how many of the illegal moves should be rescinded? And there seemed to be some unanimity around this idea that kneeing the ground down opponent should only like, okay, I can agree. No eye pokes, no eye unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. There, there. Um, yeah, so I, I'm almost okay with fish hooking because I guarantee you if you stick your finger in my mouth and we're fighting, you're going to lose a finger. Eye gouges, no. Straight shots to the groin area, no. I was on the fence with head butting until that Kimo Leopoldo early UFC fight, and he had, was mounted up on the guy and just kept raining down melon missiles. And I was like, you know, that's technically not even really a technique. I mean, I guess officially the guy could move his hands around like that to keep it from happening. But, I, yeah, I'm probably okay with that. So let's see. Eye poking. Straight groin shots, headbutts. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, lost battalion. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems to be. Um, 
it seems to be I, I I don't know if that's where Leon Edwards goes. I mean, you know, he he's accomplished and he's not been losing, but he's he's like a, he's an Abraham and Strauss guy, always something. And and let me tell you something about that something. Let me tell you something about that something. It's not going to change. That's one thing we learn. It's not going to change. Tony Ferguson, Abraham and Strauss guy, not going to change. Doesn't change, didn't change. Won't change. Can't change. It's character. Have you ever looked at a cow and wondered whether it was a cow that you were looking at? No. You pretty much know it's a cow. Every time you see a cow, that's where we are with Leon Edwards. I almost called him Terry Edwards. So, yeah, you know, there were good fights on this card, but, I, you know, I just have to say that uh, that this card, last week's, last week was should have been great, wasn't. This week wasn't expected to be great, was okay, and took a 100-foot cliff dive into total shittiness. And I got to tell you, next week, you don't know the shit, but next week, care, don't care, I think I got two cares on the card. I got Marion Renault because I'm a big Marion Renault booster for whatever reason. And I have, uh, I don't even remember who the headlining is. I, and I have the headlining fight. That's it. That's it. Well, you know, they had to push me when they cares. I mean, I was Renault and then this other one. I mean, uh, who who's who who's the headliner? I don't even know. Somebody look look it up and then tell me, and I'll tell you who I picked. If you don't want to watch, care don't care tomorrow. Um, so it's like yeah, been the deal with with the ESPN. Eh, what do they get? I mean, as long as and honest honest to God, honest, I wouldn't watch every week if I didn't have care don't care to do, and I got paid for it. Holland and Brunson, yeah, and I picked Holland. I think Brunson's a speed bump. I think Holland gets by him pretty easy. So that that and Marion Renault, only two fights I care about. And as we go through the week, we don't know how many of these fights are going to drop off for COVID. So, but honest to God, I'm not because what the UFC does, if you give me, if you give me good meat once every seven weeks, that's probably enough. That means I could go through six weeks of fair to middling fights with some pleasant, you know. If you try to make me go three months with only one good fight for three months, you might have a harder time. You're going to start losing people. But, you know, they're making these mainstream moves. I think, don't they have something coming up on ABC? But you got to realize ABC is very different than when I was watching Muhammad Ali, you know, Thriller in Manila on the ABC TV. I mean, uh, first of all, since they've gone all digital, I haven't, I haven't had a TV since in 24 years. That's when I had my last TV. So if I, if I come to your house and sit on your couch and you toss me your remote and say, come on, get the, I can't, I, I actually cannot do this. <laughs> I decided that when, on the birth of my first kid that I didn't want her to be able to, to, to look at TV before she could read. So all the TVs were gone. And my wife said, well, you're not getting rid of my TV, my ex-wife at this point. You're not going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to get my TV. And I go, okay, okay, she's right, sirs. But you know what? Uh, I don't want cable. I'm not going to pay for it. So if you want to pay for it, you can. But she goes, well, I'm not going to pay for it. I go, good. So she goes, I don't watch that much of it. I go, good. So we got rid of cable. And if you didn't have cable back then, you didn't really want to watch TV. So we didn't watch TV. My kids didn't grow up with a lot of TV. We just did stuff. We watched movies. You could watch those on a laptop or VCR at the time, DVD player. I mean, my, my, my point is, I know you got to deal with, with, with the ESPN. That means that this is not that point, but I, and I know I said, I said myself earlier that Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, maybe has some stuff in the works that, you know, I don't know, you know, um, 
I, I didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how the rest of the year is going to play out. There we go. I don't know how to. Maybe he's got some. He's got some things up his sleeve. But at this point now, based on the tableau that I see in front of me, this is like Betsy's desk and Taxi Driver. You know, and De Niro's waving his hands over the whole desk. At this point now, I'm I'm, I'm living for very few things. There are very few very few uh, stems that I'm following, to use the recording term. There are very few stems that I'm following. Which ones? Johnny Boney Joni? Izzy? The last, the last remaining stands of either the Diaz's. Oh, sorry. I had three cares on that fight. I picked Gregor Gillespie as well because he's a known associate of a, of a friend. Yep. Well, I mean, the, the Nunez thing, it's not like, I mean... You know, I say we're probably a couple of years away from actually seeing somebody put away Johnny Boy and Joni. And I kind of like to be there just to see it. Not because I dislike Johnny Boy and Joni, but, you know, I just, I, I, I mean, he either, it either ends that way or ends some other way, but it's going to end some way. And I'd like to be there. Nunes, I, I just, I'm not. I think maybe a relaxed Chris Cyborg would have had. But her business acumen was not very good. So she's no longer in a place or a position where she could challenge. And I think her head is done in after that, after that first beating. I mean, fundamentally, she's from, uh, you, you know, the, the axe murderer, you know, Club uh, Lut, Kuritaba school of swarming melee attacks. And Amanda Nunes' boxing and was just sharp as shit and she's not gonna he's not gonna overcome that so my signal is terrible oh man well this is straight up youtube because i got it at this point now i have a cable that goes into the wall i'm not even relying on wi-fi to get the show done anymore or is it just the audio i got the i got the lavalier I, I, I don't know how I could improve this. I mean, is that better? Maybe the lavalier was rubbing against my shirt because, of course, the second the lavalier showed up, the little clip for it uh, broke. Thank you, Georgie B. But the little clip broke. So I guess I should get a, a safety pin or something to, to pin it up. I'm hoping that sounds better. Um, Davy Figs. I, you know, I could name, I could name them. They're, they're clearly not more than ten. Oh, that the pixelation, I, uh, I don't know, I, that I can't help. Brian Ortega, he's got a fight coming up. Want to see if he bounces back? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. Silicon Valley, man. Cobbler's kids always has shitty shoes, right? I always have shitty shoes here in Silicon Valley. I can't get a decent signal. Yeah. Max Holloway. Yeah, so, but I mean, you know, we have named, I've named about eight people. How many of those people that we named are in their 20s? <laughs> Very funny. The Leon, the Leon Edwards touch, not at all. I don't think I've said it yet. I don't think I've said it yet, but uh, I think I was heading towards saying it in the show somehow. Fuck Leon Edwards. You can't bet on the guy. Because always something, guys, it's always going to be something. And I, I don't know how to help that. I, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. You know, George Masvidal goes from backyard fighting to becoming the darling, uh, uh, you know, um, a darling of, of, uh, of, of MMA for a little bit of time before he went Trump mad. And that was in tennis style, unforced error. If I had been better friends with him, I interviewed him back when it was knuckle. If I had been better friends with him, I would say, Ixnay on the rump tay, man. 
keep your politics. I mean, it's just not, there's no, it does not burnish your brand. You know, there are fighters who I know who are who professional fighters who are, you know, Trump supporters. You don't know it. They keep their mouths shut. I mean, so like, yeah, what what happened to free speech? Really? We're gonna talk about free speech. Is that really what we're gonna talk about? Free speech? Well, so if I freely speak and ask you about how many men you've had sex with, you'd be glad to tell me. Well, it's private. Oh, really? What about free speech? What's the difference between private speech and free speech? Oh, now we're getting somewhere. You know, I, I, I use that as an example because I went walking into the jujitsu one day and this military guy, former Marine, stands in the middle of the room as I walk in and he says, hey, Eugene. And I have the whole class stops. Everybody stops. And he's like, I go, yeah. He goes, have you ever had sex with a man before? <laughs> Uh, I, I go, I don't understand the question. If you mean, have I had sex with a woman while another man was in the room? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. If you meant had sex with a man when there was no woman in the room, no. Are you offering? And he was like, kind of when a fugue state went on to teach class without saying another word about it, never mentioned it again. It's a very strange moment. But like the old blues song said, don't start me talking. I'll tell you everything I know. One thing I decided to do as a father, based on a friend of mine, a whipping boy's old guitar player, who was the first father I came to know well, who was not you know related. He said, you know what? I never want to bullshit my kids. That's And as far as I know, he stuck to that. And I said, and one thing, you pick up lessons from your friends. I said, I never want to bullshit my kids. You know, so I never had any uncomfortable moments where the kids ask about drugs, about sex. And my kids were always like, okay, that's enough. There's this, no, 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 more than that. This, you know. The toughest one was, of course, the toughest one was, of course, the drug one. That's the one that's a dad who I, oh, man, I got to, how do I contextualize this in a way that, <laughs> sex was easy. That was easy. Drugs, God, that discussion, easy, 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 easy. You know, Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, very easy, easy, easy. The drugs one was a hard one <laughs> for me. Everybody's different. Davy, so so there were bright spots on this card. Like I said, there were some don't cares. It became cares. I, you know, if you're in the two hundred five pound class. You know, Ryan Spann, you, you, Sirkinoff, that was a good fight, but come on. <laughs> or, or either you guys going to beat, if, if Izzy makes a move to light heavy, are you going to beat him? Maybe Ryan Spann's got some wrestling in his background. That could, you know. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. What does the guy pop off with that? You know, but this, this guy was a little, the PTSD thing was in his head. Uh, who knows? Hey, it's Mr. P. Mr. P. Mr. P knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> he knows the guy who I'm talking about. Mr. P is a Marine. Hey, Mr. P, you remember? I don't know if you remember that time I walked in and Jack and Jack asked me if I had, had sex with a man, like right in the middle of class. <laughs> and you know what? It was creepy. It may have been a multiple age class. So you had 10-year-olds in the class. The guy was aggressively inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. P remembers him. Uh, very strange. Very funny. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. 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 So, so this fight was literally um, a two steps forward, a two steps back, uh, a two steps forward, two steps back fight. It, it, it didn't. It didn't help anybody. It didn't advance. It. It did nothing. It did nothing. Yeah. 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 Rusty, yeah, Rusty or Ben, Ben's brother. Anyway, uh, um, so I don't, you know, as far as I'm concerned now, I give the I give the UFC, let's see, so we had three, so three months, four, eight, 12. So they could probably have nine more sucky cards before I'm done. 
and I'm talking about other stuff. And I know based on the ones that I see coming up that we don't have nine more. Be shitty in a row as long as And that's what they realize. They've been given breathe the ESP room to back off and so they don't have to each one does. Yeah, I just said I don't have time. But the deal with refusing to pay Trevor Whitman for the new gloves, that shit's gonna bite you in the ass. That's gonna bite you in the ass. But I want to, before we even get close to the end, I want to talk about something that I, you know, we, I'm not going to, it's not my, kind of marginally connected to, to um, fighting. So I had a friend who was into demonology. But did you know that there's also a flip side of demonology? Angelology. <laughs> Which gets pretty, all of this stuff gets pretty hairy. If you, like, if I'm J.R.R. Tolkien, I could write a book about hobbits and populate this world with fanciful characters that everybody loves and enjoys and sees movie after movie and dress up at, at Comic-Cons as, as their characters. That could happen. But the degree of specificity traced through numbers of different, you know, Etruscan, you know, Assyrian, these different cultures, and the presence of these things. And I've already told you about my personal experience in that, in that, in that, in that kind of, uh, you know, hypnagogic, uh, you know, uh, out-of-body experience place. We've talked about that. But have you ever heard of Metatron? Yeah, we'll get to Sterling, the Sterling and the Matt Sarah thing to close out because it's tied into Metatron. And it also circles back to the beginning, so it's a good closer. Have you ever heard of Metatron? Apparently, Metatron is, is my spirit angel. Metatron. Yeah, I was shocked too. Metatron. Now, if I had said Gabriel, Michael, Ezekiel, I'm just making stuff up. You would comfortably be able to embrace these as names of names of of, of uh, Azrael Metatron Metatron there's an angel an angelic force called Metatron Metatron which is caused me caused me to have this have this sneaking suspicion that and we've talked about this before, that when they talk about, in, when you see cave drawings of sky people, you know, the sky people coming down, that they had, you know, the, the, the demons would have horns. These were breathing apparatus. The Harvard guys with Uma Muma or whatever, that, that big rock that was flowing there that was part of, you know, part of ancient uh, some intergalactic, you know, culture. And that wasn't just that wasn't just a meteor. It was clearly not just a meteor. Metatron. You realize, based on some of the stuff that's been coming up in terms of, you can read the popular mechanics. It's not just me popping off with this stuff. That we, like Billy Pilgrim, have become unstuck from time. We're floating all over the place. Metatron doesn't sound like three thousand years ago. Metatron sounds like 3,000 years in the future coming back. Honest to God, Metatron. Metatron. All these symbols, all these, sim these angelic script, all these signals, they all look like if you've ever, get, get, let me get you a book, an engineering book, uh, electrical engineering book on circuits and devices. And you read a circuit's flow chart, and you tell me it looks any different. The most unsophisticated of these symbols, of course, is the, is the cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever. Now, in regards to, in regards to Sterling and, and, and Maddie Sarah, something happened. Something happened. 
and something happened. I told you about Maddie Sarah's first words to me were, <laughs> me and one of my best friends were uh, backstage at a post fight presser, you're gonna get an interview. He looks at me and he looks at my friend and he's like, ah, that's okay, I'm gonna talk to the little guinea. <laughs> Very funny, because my friend was at that time a little guinea, right? They were about the same height. But there's something about the New York way that you you either got to be born into it, be comfortable with it, or you got to get out of it. I don't know if it was cash. I don't know if it was cash that, uh, I mean, you know what? I suspect fundamentally dude starts making more money, starts paying attention to the more money he's making. He's like, hey, bro, do I really need you? This is costing me some stuff. I could get a guy half the price and do twice as much. And that's like, I'm not carrying the bucket. Get somebody else to carry the bucket. Now I got to pay two people? I need that bucket. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I don't, I don't call it a stab in the back. No way. No way. You know, I've been fired from jobs before. I never, except for the one time, <laughs> called it a stab in the back. And that's when the woman sexually harassed me out of the job, and then I had to sue and then got paid. Can't give me a performance award with a bunch of cash in June 1st and then be firing me June 29th and then have a string of emails laying out what you want me to do to you sexually. And then, you know, between June 1st and June 29th, you found a reason and they have nothing to do with these emails that he saved. But I never looked at like stab in the stab in the back. Not that case. Dirty pool, not stab in the back. So Maddie Sarah has retired. I'm shocked to find out that you were unretired. So we're working. I thought you were a TV star. I was on these TV shows. I thought you were a TV star. I didn't realize you were still working in the fight game. You've had a good run, Maddie. You had a good run. You want to talk to somebody who's going to be a little chippy about it. Let's talk to Sukaju. Find out where he is these days. How are things working for him? You got yourself a gym out on the island. You had yourself a couple of bona fide champs. You yourself were a champ. You got yourself a TV show. People love you. You don't need to be worried about Sterling. Though I, what I did like most about it is that he copped to very publicly having his feelings hurt. Most people, most men specifically, when they get into that emotional space, when they want to talk about feelings being hurt, they feel it makes them less manly. And so they overcompensate in really dickheaded ways after that, which makes things just horrible. Like if you see a guy, there's some cats, if you see them about to cry, you need to buckle up. Because to compensate for the fact that, that they, you're seeing them cry, really bad things are going to subsequently happen. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there, there are 10, 20 guys right off the top of my head who were, who, were, who were names when Sarah was fighting who are nowhere now. Maddie should be happy. And he's somehow tie, and and it's a very subtle his mentioning of it. He's tying in this 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 Sterling change to the the, the how the fight can, concluded, which was that fundamentally that you know Jan was on his way to beating his ass. That's not going to help. <laughs> you know I, you you know who we don't hear a lot from. You don't hear a lot from Javier Mendez. You don't hear a lot from Mike Thomas Brown. You don't hear a lot from a lot of these coaches who actually have winning teams, Team February. So anyway, so anyway, that's the show. It wasn't much of a fight. Maybe that's why there's not much of a show. <laughs> no, the Metatron thing had me. That was that and the Gang of Four thing. That had my head aflame for the whole week. That's true. That is true. Maddie Sarah did say that. So um, Monday at noon, care don't care happens. 
I think between all of us, they were like, I think Steph went 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 care mad. I think she maybe had six. I don't know where she got those from, but she's more schooled than she's doing her research. That I don't know. I can't be swayed. Steph fundamentally knows more than I do about a lot. So, you know. Uh, this week, if if they put out the newsletters that I finished, it'll be a newsletter on Bad Bad, and I'm talking about the Aussie newsletters, Bad Bad Leroy Brown. I do a micro breakdown of Bad Bad, the song Bad Bad Leroy Brown. It's crazy, top to bottom. Second newsletter I did, Sports That Can Kill You. Like skyacking. Let me get you straight, man. I want to do some skydiving, but that's not dangerous enough. So I want to do it over water, but that's not dangerous enough. So I want to do it seated from a, a kayak. So these guys are jumping out of planes sitting in kayaks with parachutes over bodies of water. You ever have about 15 pounds of silk that's wet? laying on top of you after you hit the water at 20 miles an hour? Sports that can kill you. If Ozzy gets her act together, they, they, they might run that this week. Um, and if you subscribe to eugenesrobinson.substack.com, you'll get the new newsletter on uh, Gang of Four, the band. You might not like late 70s uh, post-punk British music, but I do. Mm-hmm. This is 156. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. My daughter is still sleeping, so I cannot scream. Yeah, free diving was on the list as well. Jesus Christ. And there's a new one that my, my wife told me about that is not even mentioned yet. Now, I got to do some research where people take a helicopter up, they tie silk to the runners, and at the end of the silk, they tie a hoop, a lira hoop, and do gymnastic stuff in the hoop high enough off the ground so the helicopter don't crash and certainly high enough so that you fall and you kill yourself. There you go. Have fun. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, try to live until next week's. We'll talk about next week's shitty card with two, three cares in the card again. I picked Holland. I picked Renault. And I picked um, Gregor Gillespie. Until then, kids still sleeping. Look what you made me do! Ah.